This week, I hang out with Mark Riley, a comedian, actor, and writer. His resume also includes former referee in the National Hockey League. However, he only lasted a week, so we're definitely going to ask him about what happened there. And after growing up in Boston, he's branched out and settled nicely into our small town. And as you can imagine, he's got some great takes on acclimating to the new lifestyle. So, yes, we are neighbors now. Welcome to the hood, Mark. Are you ready to do this? We're hanging. This episode is brought to you by Perez Martial Arts. Kids build confidence and skills for life at Perez Martial Arts. And by Royal Pizza, the best pizza and the lowest prices. Royal Pizza. Small Town Scuttlebots. Welcome to another episode of Small Town Scuttlebutt. It's the podcast that reacts to the overreactions of small town problems, and in this case today, interviews with interesting people in small towns. Uh, we release a new episode every Tuesday, and you can see what we're all about at smalltownscuttlebutt.com. And of course, if you like what you hear, you can rate and review us and keep telling your friends about us. We're relatable, unapologetic, and exactly what this world needs right now. Of course, that's just my opinion. Today, my co-host, Liz Daly, is on vacation. Well-deserved. Liz, I hope you're enjoying yourself. And I think I'm speaking for all of us when I say we look forward to you returning relaxed, rested, and rejuvenated next week. All right, so let's get into it. Me and Mark Riley in the studio for the better part of an hour. Make yourself comfortable. I got you a water, oh, notes, a pencil. I get excited when a guest comes in, especially with someone of your caliber. You were oh, cali- in the not- NHL, man, <laughs> for a week. Yeah, I just figured we'd hang out and chill. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like you, you hear some podcasts and people get on there and they're like, "Oh, I have Mark Ryan. Like, I'm not NPR. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna be like, "Oh, here's your your bio, blah blah blah." Actually, where is that bio? It's not very impressive. <laughs> no, it is. I, ha- You know what's so funny? I was all prepped up. I had everything. I printed it out. It must be up with the kids because it's school vacation. So I'm, no, I know. I, got, I know. You see all five boys up there? I, I, Only one of them is mine. <laughs> of course. <laughs> they always come here. Yeah, that house. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like, Mark, we're, we're, uh, we just got into it. We're just having a natural conversation, which I think is the way to go. Like mm-hmm. that's why I love about like podcasting is it's a slow burn and uh, we'll get there when we get there. Right. But I do have questions. Oh yeah, yeah. And we're sort of like dipping into some of these things and I just thought maybe we should uh maybe we should bring some uh some structure to to the interview. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to do, this? Wanna do? Because yeah. there's two things I want to talk to you about. You you kind of you kind of wear two hats, right? You're a stand-up comic well-established in the Boston scene, but then also you are a professional referee in mm-hmm. hockey, and you even had a stint uh, in the NHL. Yeah. And I think that's pretty awesome. Like, yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Let, let, let's, uh, let's, let's shelf the stand-up for a minute okay. and transition to hockey. I Did you grow up playing hockey? Yeah, I grew yeah. up since I was three, played through college, uh, went to a very prestigious school, Curry College. Oh, yeah. Um and played hockey there. Yep. Hurt my back my senior year. Mm-hmm. And my brother had been refereeing for years. Yep. And said, why don't you ref? And I said, I hate refs. Yes. And he said, you should do it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I hated them. Yeah. And 
and I was I was such a dirty player. I was like, you know, and, were you, were you um, um, Brad Marchand? Yeah, and I was small. Yeah, so I was just you know that, that was your game. Was you, you had to chirp. You had to. Yep, I was evil. Yeah. I'd stab you just as soon as look at you, and. And that made me a good ref because I knew what it looked for. Oh, right. You know? The retaliation is is the reaction to something, right? Yeah. You saw the spark. Yep. Where, uh, you know. I'd have guys go, how'd you see me do that? Because yeah, like, I used to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's I, how I, I knew. Anticipation. Yeah. Um, so that's how I got into refereeing. I realized right away you could make it a career. Yeah. And um, I did a year of high school mm -hmm. and then moved to, the, to Des Moines, Iowa to do the USHL. Jesus. And that's a, Okay, so you paid some dues. Oh yeah, we, I've been. I have family in Iowa, in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Oh yeah, which is close to Omaha, so it's probably about the best part of Iowa you could be yeah. if you don't like to be isolated. Omaha had had a team, Sioux City, yeah, Waterloo. I actually lived. My roommate out there was Chris Rooney, who is still in the NHL. Yeah, now, right. Five. Mm -hmm. Um, he, him, and I lived together. And we did that in the Central Hockey League, which was a minor pro league yep uh oklahoma city and tulsa was the two cities i did it's so funny that hockey from the province of quebec canada is now i mean it's in the desert okay fine you know that's at least populous right, right. i can understand okay so la there's millions of people let's throw some hockey and see what happens but then these middle of nowhere places it's like how do you even have enough people to put a team together you must have to drive 500 miles to go to a practice you know it, it's crazy how <laughs> big the sport has gotten mm -hmm. you know in the last even 15 years yeah uh you know with all, like and now you have players out of florida and california and all over the place sure that you weren't you know i know um curry now the team only has i think a couple of kids from mass you know they're from sweden they have kids from california yeah. and canada and i used to joke and say back in the day our international kids we had a kid from maine and three from connecticut that was it <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> now they're from everywhere sure so um it's it's just a, it, it's grown so much but some of the 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 more fun places to do games are places like Des Moines, iowa yeah where it's literally a barn sure and they pack 3800 people in there and it's just incredibly loud, and they live for their team because what else do they have? Yeah, I guess. You know, um, it was like that when I – so most of my pro games are in the East Coast League. Mm -hmm. And so some of those cities, you know, um, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, the ice skaters, they used to get like 10, 11, 12,000 people. Yeah. Uh, and really? Crazy. Just absolutely I love these insane. names, too. It's like we've run out of names. What do we got left? I uh, have a whole bit ice on skaters. That. Okay. <laughs> the ice skaters. Yeah. What the fuck is an ice skater, yeah, right? No, it's so bad. <laughs> One of my favorites ever was uh, Macon, Georgia. Yeah. When they first got a team, yeah. they had a radio contest to name the team. Oh, great. And they they went with Whoopi. That's the, the Macon name? Whoopi. Oh, okay. No longer. It only yeah. lasted for two years. Yeah. Um, their logo was fantastic. Like, <laughs> um, that was a legit story, making Whoopi. Jesus. But they have run out. I have a whole bit on that about how they've literally run out of team names because there's so many. I mean, there's too many teams now. There's just yep. way too much hockey. Yep. Um, Come up with a noun plus an animal equals the yep. mud hens, the, you know. Uh, it, it, the ice pilots. Yeah. And, of course, nowadays you have to make sure it's PC. But when, you know, the soccer mom from... <laughs> Dover or Duxbury or Medfield says, or yeah. Medfield. Yeah. I was trying to 
I still got to shop in this town. You know, that's why the the Notre Dame logo will never be changed because you won't find us Irish guys going, hey, we have a problem with this leprechaun. Yeah. Come on. The cultural Look appropriation on, on St. Patrick's Day is well-received. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm Irish. My uncle's uh, sister's brother's roommate was, was Irish, so, you know. You don't even have to have Everyone's Irish. Everyone's Irish Patrick's for a day, and it's okay. It's like, Everyone. yeah, sure. Everyone. Why, oh, why aren't you wearing green? What's your yeah. freaking problem? You know, it's it's the pendulum has swung too far. Yeah, and it, at some point it's got to swing back. Yes, and that's we the hope. problem. The, the the pendulum starts swinging, and it goes way over here, way over there. And I just I just always uh, symbolically talk about. I wish we could just put a big magnet in the middle of this swing and just grab that pendulum and stop it right in the middle, and then just you know, if we just played between the forty yard lines, right. The world would be so much better, but yeah. but you get like the the crazy people with you know over here chirping, and then and then these people are gonna chirp. And everyone else is just kind of watching. Like it started out as a spectator sport. Like oh right. my god, look, Donald Trump is gonna run for president. This is gonna be hilarious. You know, right, he's a right. character of himself. And then it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, this guy fucking won. <laughs> it's like this isn't funny anymore. No. This was not amusing. No, and it opened the door to a lot more people. I think. Yeah, might. I mean, I don't know if they'll run or not, but yeah. I mean, I'd vote for Oprah. You know, <laughs> I would. I would have, I, I, you not, get a car. You get for you. You get. I'm a not tax ashamed to say I love Oprah Winfrey. Do you really? I do. Is that your guilty pleasure? I, 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 well, I, I, I've always thought, and and you know, yeah, she she has her things, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know why. I've always you like Oprah Winfrey. I like. Are Oprah we going Winfrey. back to the '80s when it was Oprah and Donahue? Yeah, well, that, that even back then, I liked mm-hmm. her when she had her first show, yeah. and I still like her now. I'm in the middle of reading uh, a book by her um, called uh, The Wisdom of Sundays. Yeah, but I, that, she's, uh, she's one of my uh, favorites. I think it's great that you uh, not only found her to be, you know, something to someone to look up to or admire, but that you're so open about it, too. Like, yeah, I love Oprah. I do. I, I do. I would not. You know what? I stereotype. I... I've, 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 we've been talking for a little bit, and I'm like, I got a good idea who this guy is, <laughs> and I would probably label him as a guy who probably doesn't give a shit about Oprah. And we started with hockey. I know. Well, let's get back. Okay, so you know what? Okay, I think it's hilarious <laughs> that we both have ADD, and we right. still have not gotten to the point. You had a stint in the NHL. Yeah, one week. One week as one a week. referee. Okay, later. I'm just gonna spit it out. Why? What happened? All right. So, um, <laughs> the real story is that I'm American. Yes. They didn't tell me that. Because I could have sued him, but that uh-huh. was the, you know, that was the, uh, the unspoken reason. No way. Are oh, they? Yeah. This was back when there was only one referee, two linesmen. Yeah. So there was only now you it's know, two and only, two, right? Now it's two yeah. and two. Um, but uh, what? Yeah, what they, I'm sorry. What? What time frame are we in? We're in. This would have been two thousand and one. Okay. Ish. All right. Maybe yeah. Two thousand. 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Yep. Um, I had I had worked the East Coast League for I don't know four years or so, and th- there was no interest. So I decided to stop traveling and stay. In, like I was flying down, doing two weeks and coming back. And and my um, my ex wife and I owned a business, owned a gymboree, playing for, playing music franchise. Yeah. So you know, and I had three young kids, and it was like, all right, what am I doing? You know, it's time to kind of let this go. Yeah. And I did some college hockey, and that summer they called me. And they said, yeah, we're, we're bringing you on. And I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, Thursday to Thursday, I got the call and said, we're not bringing you on. And they couldn't give me a reason. 
that made any sense whatsoever. They talked to three people that didn't even really know me. Yeah. Three people that I really didn't like me. Two mm-hmm. or two that didn't we didn't get along. Mm-hmm. That said, my heart wasn't in it anymore. Yeah. Um. You know, complete BS. Sure. And then uh, Andy Van Hellemond, the greatest ref <gasps> in the history of the world. You think so? He was my boss in yeah. the East Coast League. Uh huh. And I actually asked this guy, "What did Andy say?" Oh, Andy said you'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> that's how stupid they were. Mm-hmm. And so, and we say stupid. You're talking about the NHL the, out of yeah. Toronto, uh, yeah, or headquarters, or New I, York, or whatever. It was yeah, out of Toronto, and mm-hmm. and I won't say who it was that I talked to on the on the phone. Um, you or just Gary Batman? Uh, no, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, I'd say his name. Yeah, um, but uh, um, he, you know, he couldn't give me. And and he, at first, he said I had two lists on my desk. One of people to call and one of people not to call. Mm-hmm. And I mixed them up. Yeah. And I said to him, um, Charlie, I'll give you his first name. Uh-huh. I said, Charlie, you, you're telling me you're like the IBM of hockey, right? You're like, you're the, the, the premier corporation of hockey. Mm-hmm. And you're third in charge. And you fucked up a list on your desk? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> what you're going with? <laughs> and all he could say is, I'm, we're not bringing you on. We're not bringing you on. So that was it. That was, you know. Um, so you never... Ref the game. I did a Bruins oh. uh, preseason black and white game. Uh, yeah. The last year, Ray Bork Ooh. was with the Bruins. Nice. And um, and the coolest thing was I got to do a. Uh, I did Jamie Parker's um, golf tournament for uh, the Jimmy Fund mm-hmm. two years ago. Yep. Ray Bork's there, and him he I'm doing their auction for him, and he comes up and auctions off his jersey and dinner with him with me, <laughs> you know, and I'm like. You know, and I told a funny story about he almost ran me over when I was refing that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, he came over to me and he said, hey, Stripe, sorry about that. I, I mean, I didn't see it coming. I'm like, you're Ray Bork. You can run me over all you want. Yeah. And and he laughed. We had a laugh about that it. Was but, uh, ice, that was on the ice. That was on the ice, yeah. Yeah. Called Coach Stripes. Um, so it's, uh, it was pretty cool. What a nice guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. The, the hockey world is just full of them. One of my, yep. m- one of my best experiences uh, in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, in the War Memorial, where they filmed Slapshot, the actual building. Yeah, great movie. Did a bunch of games there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the movie. I mean, it is just a... <laughs> you walk through, you have to walk through the concourse, down the steps of a section, and then the door opened, and it was like a two-foot drop to the rink. Yeah. And you literally walked through the crowd. Uh-huh. So when you're coming out, the cop had a... Two cops escorted you out. Yep. And we're coming through the concourse one time, and, and this woman... She was not a pretty-looking woman, um, <laughs> rather large, too. And she said, uh, Riley, you need glasses. And yeah. I looked at her, and I went, you need a dentist. And she almost charged us. The cop was like, what are you doing? <laughs> we couldn't hold her back. But that's the build. Like, that's it was right out of the movie. Yeah. Brad Park. So Nick Fatio is the coach of mm-hmm. Johnstown, who's a mental patient from this area, yeah. like, uh, as a player. Great guy, but just, you know, a crazy coach. Got mm-hmm. suspended. Yep. So Brad Park is the is the coach that's sitting in, and I'm doing the game with Brad Park on the. Bench. It's funny where these like, legends end up, right? It, it, like, well, I mean, in that in that league, we had John Brophy as a coach in Hampton, mm-hmm. who is uh, the you know leading penalty minute uh, holder for the American League. Yep. Um, you had John Marks, who's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Rick Vive, 50 goal scorer, mm-hmm. coach uh, South Carolina. Ted Sater was the coach in New Orleans. Uh, Bruce Brudeau, 
coached the Mississippi Sea Wolves when I was there. No kidding. Um, so it was like all, you know. Then he wins a Stanley Cup with Washington. Stanley Cup right? with Washington, yeah. Although he has um, OV, so right there. And that was the cool part of, yeah. like, the minor leagues. Like, Brad Park. Like, mm-hmm. I, I actually, he was chirping me, and I went over, and I, I, I put up the palm, and I go, yeah. hey, coach, that's enough. Yeah. You keep going. Two minutes is going to go on the clock. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, I just gave Brad Park the palm. What am I yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, right. The next day I'm flying out of Pittsburgh. Who's on my flight? Brad Park. And he's at the terminal. So I go over and I go, Mr. Park. He goes, oh, today I'm Mr. Park, huh? <laughs> Yesterday I was just coach. And uh, I was, was like, he busting yeah. your balls or was and he being a He goes, a well, sit guy. down. You you called a great game. And, oh. we, and we talked for like a half hour. Oh, nice. And it was just like those experiences that you can't. You yeah. Know, well, you be, guys have a common, a common bond. I mean, you both love that game. It's part part of your life. Yeah. Right. Yep. Do you still play hockey? I don't play anymore because my back is all. Oh yeah. So that that up. that's done, huh? Uh, I, mean, I still it, referee. Yeah. Um, but I stopped playing. Last time I played was with the Bruins alumni. I did a thing with them um, when we were raising money. This was back in 2014. Yeah. Right. Actually, I, I had surgery that year. It, it was a mess, but I figured, when else do you get to play? Right. You know, against some of your you know boyhood idols and. Uh, so I did that, but that after that, I just can't, you know, I'm on the verge of a third surgery. Yeah, man. Actually, fourth. I get on it. On the back, so. I'm on the back end of my mid-40s range, and, uh, you know, I very rare occasion, but it's happened where I've sneezed <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, strained my back. It's like, you know, the thing, I mean, I, hockey, it's like uh, at our age, you're going to get the shittiest ice time. You know, you want to play a Wednesday at 1130 at night? No, yeah. not really. Nah. You know, I'm going to do something else. Like, So now I do stand up, you know, at the same time. <laughs> right. At least I'm not, you know, going home with this adrenaline that keeps me up till 4 a.m. Park Street Books is New England's largest children's bookstore. Shop their wide array of books for kids of all ages, plus games and puzzles, arts and crafts supplies, and so much more. You can also visit the Pottery Place. Paint your own pottery. Come back in two weeks, bring it home. What you do with it then is up to you. You can also build a custom collection of items for a gift registry, such as school or classroom teacher wish lists, baby showers, or for any organization that is a special need. Whatever you need, Park Street Books either has it or can get it in record time. So visit parkstreetbooks.com. You know what they say, when the crow flies east at noon, spring is just around the corner. <laughs> actually, nobody ever says that. I just made that up. But actually, it sounds good, doesn't it? Like something a farmer named Jebediah would tell his 12 kids while he's working them to submission on the family farm. Oh, uh, that sounds awful. Do you want to work on your land like that? All that thatching and weeding, liming, fertilizing. What else? Cutting. Edging, trimming, blowing, raking. Of course, there's irrigation, aerating. No, no, not me. There's the do-it-yourselfer, and for everybody else, there's Mario's Lawn Care. Get your landscaping affairs in order now by reaching out to Mario Ipolity at Mario's Lawn Care. Let, let's just get into it, all right? All right. Let's, let's just do the actual... Interview question portion of the show here. All right. On your website, you say you, you make some bold claims. One of them that, that <laughs> popped out at me was your material is always changing, so you'll never see the same show twice. Yep. How do you do that? So um, a couple of different ways. I have, I mean, 25 years, you you build up 
quite a bit of material. Mm-hmm. But I do like to uh, interact with the crowd. Yep. And they'll bring you to places that, you know, I might do a joke that I haven't told in nine years mm-hmm. from something someone says. Yeah. Um, you know, if if some some nights I'll just do all improv with the crowd, which, you know, isn't, you, you don't want to make a living at that. Yeah. You know, um, and plus sometimes crowds just aren't buying it. And they don't want that. But uh, it, 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 I always try to mix in new stuff. I'm always trying to, you know, try out different things, switching, you know, uh, there's stuff that I told a joke last weekend that I hadn't told in, I bet, eight years. Um, and and it, whatever sparked it from the audience came up. And um, it was a woman that was pregnant in the front row. It was actually at the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said something, and, and it sparked something in my head about, you know, having more than three kids. And so I'm always trying to just just change it up so that I don't, I never wanted to be that comic that when you go and see him, oh, here comes this, oh, here comes this, here comes yeah, this. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. even though sometimes uh, if I do a show, like a recurring show, say every year I, I do a show for the um, Wampatuck Lodge of Masons, mm-hmm. um, I always worry, like, oh, am I gonna? They're gonna hear the same stuff. But sometimes people are like, hey, why didn't you tell this bit? Why didn't you do the dolphin bit? Why didn't you do this bit? That's great when they're. It's and, like you heard a joke and you don't mind hearing it again. That's, yeah, that's cool. So it, you didn't play you your have to remember that. Yeah, you got to remember <clears throat> that some bits are just, you know, that people love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a buddy. Whenever he comes and sees me. I have to do this certain dolphin bit because if I don't, he's disappointed. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm not even planning. Like, that's not even in my my radar right now. I'm not doing he, dolphins. And he's like, <laughs> do it, you know, and, and I do it for him. That's um, funny. But the, so I, I really try to make sure that you don't see. And even if you see the same material, mm-hmm. it, I, I try not to make it so that I do this and then this and then this. I might do this bit, but it might be at the end. It might be at the beginning. I'll change it up so that it's not just the exact same scripted thing. Okay. Um, and not to say that's bad for people who do that, but that's just, you know. It's not traditional. I mean, usually people get their sets down. Like, uh, I just read a book by Jerry Seinfeld called, and I love the title. It's called, Is This Anything? And I feel like every comic-to-comic conversation about new material starts with that exact phrase. Hey, Mark, is this anything? Yeah. So I walk in, you know, and... Yep. So I read it, and it's all of his bits from the 70s to today. Just everything he's ever written and taken to a stage is there. And you read it, and uh, he even has a preface about just ad nauseum, just surgery, just taking words out, take pairing things down. Like, he's very strategic and surgical in this writing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then he gets it, he memorizes it, and he tells it exactly the same way every time. Like, this is the... it. it this bit has... 183 words in it and he will go right through right. them but that's not you you're, you're a little more no. looser and uh and you're comfortable with that so it, it's it's working for you yeah i don't I, I have nothing maybe it separates down. you from the others i mean it, you know it's just i always look at it as i'm just who i am mm-hmm. right yeah the way i do it isn't necessarily the right way or the wrong way it's just my way okay and my way might work for someone else and it might horrify someone else sure it, it is what it is um, well, that's the thing about comedy. It's subjective. You know, like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll leave a show and be like, third comic was the best. And like, that guy sucked. The fifth comic was the best. I'm right. like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, yeah, it's funny. And when you're up there, you know, I, I'm still getting 
used to like uh how come that joke didn't land like it did the other night because uh, now I'm, do you ever get mad at the audience i i experience the same thing okay sometimes i'll do a line and and i have a line that sometimes it makes people go oh, and i'll just be like <laughs> fuck you that's funny and everyone laughs because yeah. they know it's funny sure but they're like oh i don't know if I, you know it's like that oh, i don't want to laugh at that because it's a little near the edge mm-hmm. and it's like you know yeah you do yeah you, you want to laugh because it's funny yeah, and just laugh, and you know, um, and so whether it's twenty five, forty years, or two months, we're all experiencing the same thing, mm-hmm. and it's all instant feedback. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's there's no difference between when you tell a joke and when I tell a joke. You know, maybe mine I've done a thousand times, and you've only done yours five. Yeah, but your sixth time on your joke might get a better response than my thousand first. Sure. So it's 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 yeah. You know, it really is the same thing. It's just a matter of it. So when I first started, I used to tape everything. I Audio and video taped everything. And I'd watch it or listen to it. And sometimes crowd work, I got material out of oh, crowd Oh, sure. Work. Yeah. Um, Something times, organic in a conversation, just situationally. That, that's Those are the fun moments when, when something just worked. And it's like, that's going in. That's yeah. going in somewhere. I'm going to plug that into some bit somewhere. That, that's, that's happened fun. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just watching, like, you know, you see that if you change the, take the word from here and put it at the end instead of in the middle, because that's the word that hits, mm-hmm. you know, you don't see that if you don't listen to it or watch it. Yep. You know, um, I just got a nice camera set up now that I video everything. And partly because the world we live in, you have to put stuff online. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'll watch and be like, that's why that worked tonight and it didn't work or work better tonight because I just did a pause there or I did a facial or or some little thing Mm -hmm. that can make a joke be, you know, a B plus to an A. Yeah. It's that little thing. And that's the, the craft part of it that, you know, your average person doesn't get right. You're like, Oh, my uncle should be a comedian. You know how many times you heard that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, he's funny at a party because he's telling street jokes. Yep. You know, but, get up on stage and actually craft it, you know, and some guys write in notebooks, mm-hmm. you know, um, like Seinfeld's a writer, Gary yeah. Gellman's a writer, like yeah. certain guys write, 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 write to get the material. I just pay attention. And when stuff happens, I try to make it funny. I have nothing written down. And, and that's probably on, in some ways a bad thing. Cause there's some stuff I forget people are like, Hey, remember that joke is still my favorite. And I'm like, what joke? Mm-hmm. And then I got to think, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I did tell a joke about a kangaroo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, whatever, <laughs> right? Um, but that's just what works for me, uh-huh. you know? And and so it, it, it all depends on kind of, you know, what you're comfortable with. Yeah, okay. And and that's really, you know, and again, being who you are. Yeah. Yeah, got to be authentic. Got to be authentic. And uh, confident. You, know, you can't go up there, like, sheepishly telling your joke and not leaning into it. Like, I like how you say, hey. Fuck you, that was a good one. You know, that was funny. Yeah. Like, even if they didn't think it was funny, they got to appreciate you leading and going, come on, I stand behind it. Like, right. that's funny. Now you've kind of recovered. All right. Uh, you connect with your audiences in a way um, that is fearless to hecklers. I'm I'm intrigued. So um, what's, what's your take on hecklers? I don't want them. Everyone thinks they're funny. Mm-hmm. And there's always that one guy in the audience, you know, and sometimes they're drunk. Yeah. Sometimes they're genuinely not trying to mess up your show. Mm-hmm. They're just into it 
or they think they have something like they actually think they're helping. Yeah. Then there's other times where they're just assholes mm-hmm. and they just need to be put in their place. Um, I don't want them. Yeah. But you know, if you want to come and try to heckle me, you know, 25 years and I have a microphone. Yeah. You brought a knife to a gunfight kid. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you think you're going to do, you're going to lose. Uh-huh. That's the way it is. And you know, and I make sure of it <laughs> and, and that's my attitude with them. You know what I mean? And you know, and 25 years, you've seen a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's, um, I, I don't have any fear at yeah. all yeah. because it's, and, and not because I'm, you know, it's not a bravado thing. It's not a, I just, I, I just know who I am and yep. what I can do. And it, it's like when I'm on stage, I get into that, that, uh, Deepak Chopra calls it the gap between thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that moment where it's timeless awareness. It's just a flow. Uh, and this is something I've experienced a lot in the last like year and a half more so than ever before. Mm-hmm. But it's just letting that flow, you know. And and half the time when stuff comes to me, it just comes. And that's why the hecklers, I'll just, you know, there's no thought. It's just boom. Mm-hmm. And I let it come out. And whatever comes out usually is works what's your proudest achievement in comedy that's a question i've never had um uh, i don't know that's a tough one i I mean i i think one time i did a show at situate yacht club for don gavin Mm -hmm. and steve sweeney mixed up the dates and didn't show (laughs) so i'm featuring (laughs) So I'm supposed to do, and I'm not only seven years in. Um, George McDonald opened, and then I went up, and Steve shows up. You know, he's never, on, you know, there on time. He'll show up. Well, that night, you know, I hit 30 minutes. He's not there. I hit 40 minutes. Now I know he's not coming. Mm-hmm. And I end up doing almost an hour and a half. And a lot of it was improv. A lot of it was, you know, we were at the Yacht Club, so I went off on everything. Yep. Um, and ended up getting a standing ovation. No kidding. And that was kind of a, a cool thing. That's awesome. Um, you know, and, and, and Gav called me the next day. And, and Gav's, I think, the funniest person alive uh, for my money. He grew up my brother in West Roxbury. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother was a Bruins dentist, actually. Uh, but that's a whole other story. He's probably busy. Um, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. That, you could do a bit right there. I, mean, I know. Oh, by the way, does that annoy you when people are like, oh, you should do a bit on that? I, I just did it myself. But, I mean, it, it's like that's low-hanging fruit right there. Like my, my brother is a dentist for an NHL hockey team. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, people, yeah, like I love when people go, oh, I have one you can use. And oh, it's yeah, like, no, no, you no. No, you don't. You yeah. don't have anything I can use, but thank you. Yeah. You know, um, but I'd say that <laughs> night, and um, it's funny. This was back, I uh, would have been in 2000, October 2000, so I'm only doing comedy couple of years uh i'm at nick's comedy stop john panette is headlining and kevin knox is hosting and and me mm-hmm. now panette's gonna do boston and kowloon kowloon was nick's bo- nick's comedy stop at kowloon yep. at the time so he's got to go first on the show in boston mm-hmm. so Nachi goes up kills panette goes up kills for 45 minutes Nachi goes up kills then brings me up friday night I have never ate it on stage worse. Really? That night. The next day, my third daughter's born that afternoon. I go home. Everyone's healthy. Go home, shower, go back in the Knicks that night. And I said to Noxie, I go, you know what? I don't care what happens tonight. My daughter's healthy. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Um, same thing. Noxie kills. Panette goes up. 
Noxie than me. And I go up and I open up with like 10 new minutes on childbirth mm-hmm. and what just happened. Yeah. And I destroy. Yeah. And that was the night I was like, maybe I should be doing this. I gotcha. You know, um, those are two that kind of stick out. Uh, and they're both from a long time ago. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm like, yeah, I guess that's really, I don't know. Like, I like the recovery on that second story where you, you ate it on stage which can't feel comfortable. I mean, it's terrible because the time just expands. Like how much like I got nine more minutes of this torture. Yeah. Like, I, I, and you just try to dig yourself out and it's like nothing's, it's kind of like trying to start a lawnmower, right? It's just not gonna, yeah. you're just pulling the string over and over. You just exhaust yourself and then it's done. You kick the thing and leave. But then you came back the next day and I mean, you had a totally different perspective. I mean, yeah. like life is precious the miracle of childbirth just i experienced that like 9 hours ago right yeah. i mean that's it, le- that's legit freaking, yeah yeah so and, that's um, cool yeah it was it, you're just it, a human you know it's like you can't be on and perfect all the time and you just got to i guess stick with it right yeah and even now like even now the, the way i approach it i used to be like you know um i I don't know. There was a there was a, a huge part of me. It was all validation, right? You, I, I need to be liked. You need to like. Now it's kind of after I've gone through what I've gone through in the past couple of years and figuring some stuff out. Um, it's like I'm taking you on a ride. If you want to come on the ride, great. You're gonna have a great time. If you don't, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna hold it against you. Yeah. Um, but you you're gonna have more fun if you do. <laughs> you know. And so. I don't like if 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 I go up and tell a joke that doesn't get any laughs. It's I'm not going off stage going I shouldn't do that joke anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, or tell that story anymore. It's it, it's just kind of a different approach I have now. Yeah, I got you. Um, and it and it and I'd like to think that shows that's that connection with the audience. Mm-hmm. You know that that ability to kind of like I love I I don't like when the spotlight's so bright you can't see anything. Because I like to see people's eyes. I want to look everyone in that audience in the eye at some point in the night so that, that you make that connection with them. Yep. So that they know that I'm not overlooking you and only looking here or there. I hate when it's so bright that you can't see anyone. Oh, really? You can't, you can't connect with them. Yeah. You know, I love that connection with people. And you get that look from them like, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just that yeah. little thing. I See, and I like, like one of the things, because I... I um, I teach school too during the day. So mm-hmm. I like to ask who's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And when you ask that and you have to block the spotlight out or you have to, you know, yep. it, it, again, that connection piece. So I like to be able to see people I gotcha. so that you can say, Oh, what do you, you know, what do you teach? What do you do it? Like mm-hmm. whatever. And yep. then whatever comes out of that comes out of that. Mm-hmm. It's just a, an easier way to have that connection as opposed to not being able to see everyone. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, and it's just my, you know, not that I want all the lights on. Right. I mean, I've done that. You know, but especially at places where people don't want other people knowing they're laughing at dirty jokes, you know, like corporate <laughs> yeah, sure, staffing. Sure. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Or totally like, uh, you know, work party, things like that where, oh, the boss, I don't want him knowing I laughed at a dick joke. Like, you know, it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> you know, but you don't want all the lights on. But you, I like to see people. Sure. I like that connection. Sure. Um, and that leads to it. Yeah, good. Uh, this was a fun interview. I feel like we just hung out. Shot the shit. I feel like I've, you know, known you for forever, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like this is just casual, Absolutely. good, good uh, conversation. There was, 
would you want to come on again sometime? I'd love to. I, I feel like, you know, first of all, let's just talk before we wrap it up, because we do have to wrap it up. Um, this is Small Town Scuttlebutt. We talk about living in a small town. We never yeah. got to that because <laughs> sometimes we bring a personality on and just, you know, do a deep dive and, and get to know the person. But, right. But, um, you know, there's some themes here that I've heard. Like, you've been to a lot of small towns. You've been to more small towns than the average person, right? And 45 of the 50 states I've been to. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. What are Between the five? hockey and comedy and everything else. What are the five you haven't been to? Alaska, Utah, Montana, Wyoming, and Arkansas. Interesting. I know. I know. I don't know how I missed Arkansas. Hit every <laughs> state around it, but, um, yeah, never, never I just saw an Arkansas. Arkansas license plate today. It was the most... Gaudy looking thing I've ever seen. It has a big diamond in the middle of it. Like fucking Arkansas. Do you what is, is there like a diamond mine there? Diamond. Like like the Like they bedazzled it for yeah. no reason. <laughs> exactly bedazzled it. Why? I mean, Why? Yeah. I mean nothing when I think of a diamond, I think of luxury. I think of uh, you know class right yeah uh, you know not arkansas no not arkansas no, no not I'm, the state i would think of with diamonds <laughs> no absolutely not <laughs> they probably found a diamond there once they're like holy shit this is the best thing that's ever happened to us uh, well, yeah. put it on the they, goddamn they, license plate you know they don't have much no you know they, they really don't have much they don't i feel bad <laughs> um okay well that's cool so now you live in so i uh, this by the way this um podcast is uh it's not a local podcast. You know, I oftentimes, because we live in Medfield, and there goes the pencil. Um, we live in Medfield, so I often reference Medfield, Massachusetts. It's the only Medfield, by the way, in the whole world. There's no really? Other, yeah, there's no other Medfield. No kidding. In fact, yeah. Wow. Um, but I, I, I speak from my experience based on, you know, what I get here in Medfield. But we are international. We have listeners just this just this week. I just looked it up before you came in. India, Singapore, Canada, <laughs> Netherlands, Ireland, and the United Kingdom, which I joke is like five countries within that country. <laughs> so I, I just wow. the multiplier, right? But yeah, so people listen to us um, from all over, and they have their own experiences with their small towns. Yeah, uh, you were raised in Boston. You grew up in Boston, right? You lived there. Um, but now you live here in Medfield, like you, small world. Like you literally live about a mile and a half away from me. Yeah. So yeah. What do you think? You've been here for about a year now. What What's uh? What's like your take? I, I like it. It's mm -hmm. different. You know. Um. It's different. I I I started in West Roxbury. Yeah. That's where I was born. Um. Then uh, my formative years in Dedham, right over the line. Mm -hmm. Uh. Then Southie for about twelve years. Um. I say I'm from Southie because it's funnier than the other two, but sure. Um, it, and then I was in Braintree before I moved out here, uh, out here, like we're in the four one three or something. Um, well, you're 20 minutes from an interstate, so that's yeah. Where I, that, I, that's I always where, like that's one thing that I don't like I, that ha I had to get used to because mm -hmm. I do so much driving between referee and and comedy. I always liked being near a highway. Yeah, it's just like you hop know, on and then at least we're the going. Highway, boom. Yes. Here it's like 109, 27, you know, one of those two roads I have to take to get to a highway. Yeah. Um and and both of those roads can be a little bit maddening. Do you do you still try to get creative like maybe if I go this way? Oh, this I, is a I love the back way. Yeah. Oh, I love finding I, like I'm oh, I've I'm probably, all about it. I've driven through every little street in Westwood. <laughs> Yep. Try oh, to yeah. find the goddamn highway. If I can miss one light <laughs> yes. and gain a minute 
Totally. It's like that's a win. Yes. Oh, I love doing that. Exactly. I love doing that. And then that. you find one and you're like, God oh, damn yeah. it. It only took me. And then I kind of feel stupid because I've been living here for like 11 years and I'm just discovering this. You yeah. Know? Well, it, and it, what's funny too is you find a way and then when other people find it, you're like, son of a bitch, this is my way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, exactly. you can't drive this road. That's right. Oh, I love doing that. But That's uh, funny. Yeah, living here, I, I, it's kind of cool. Like I didn't mm. think there's, there's so many restaurants around here that are cool. That I never would have thought of, mm-hmm. you know, like it, Basil's. It's it's in a neighborhood. I know. It looks should it should be a funeral home. It yeah, looks like a funeral home. It probably was. And it's the best Italian food you can find. I it mean, is. It's kind of cool in that way, and like you can, like living in South. One thing I loved living in Southie was you could walk to anything. You sure. know, coffee. You could walk to get dinner or whatever. Yep. Uh, walk to the beach. Here you have that feel, although no beach, but mm-hmm. you know you can walk. You know, uptown. I think they call it. Yep. You know, um, you know, you can go in, into places like Brothers and pretend you're cool and uh, overpay for asparagus. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a trendy-looking grocery store. <laughs> it's Roach Brothers. Yeah. Uh, but um, so I, I like it. I, you know, I dig it. It's, uh, it's, it's different. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like I said, I got a Canadian goose coat. And, uh, oh, yeah, you, you, you dress the part. I got to dress the part. You, you have a Beamer in the parking lot there? Well, no, I, my, my Beamer's in the shop right now. Okay. Um, and Listen I, to you. Oh. It, it got hit with a door. I was driving to a, a gig, and a door flew up on the highway and sma- smashed it. Seriously? And, uh, yeah, crazy. That's um, dangerous. Oh, yeah. You could have yeah. killed yourself. I know. I know. Luckily, I just kept driving. Yeah. And uh, But it's in the shop now, which is funny. I joke and say, the thing will probably be repoed by June. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. But, uh and and now I hear that you can't wear a Canadian goose, a Canada goose, yeah. whatever, because uh, people are robbing you. Everyone's ro- like not around here. Not around here. No, yeah. around here they you know we're they, we're a little refined, a little bit, a yeah. little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 different. It's different. Your kids are older. See, I got kids in the schools, and uh, you, you're not on social media like the the local Facebook group and stuff like that, right? No. If um, you were, you you. My recommendation is to don't do it. I mean, unless you want to see, like, the underbelly of this town. <laughs> like, there's just, you know, every town's got it. It's not just unique to this town. So, oh, yeah. So if you are if you live in Medfield and you're a mom of three and you just heard me say that and you think I'm coming after you. I'm talking, this is everywhere USA. Everywhere. It's like uh, every town's got its little bitching Facebook group and everything's taken way too seriously. And uh, I don't know. I find, I find it's a good place for um, material. You know? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, uh, I I can't go on it anymore because I just it um, it raises my blood pressure. I'm just like <laughs> you fucking losers. Like <laughs> you don't have problems. Like <laughs> right, it's it's not real world problems. It is not. Yeah, like, like you know what? If you live in Ohio, there's a good chance that your neighbor's house is going to blow up right now. Like everything is on fire in Ohio. So yeah. so tell me more about how the school bus was three minutes late today. Like, yeah. Who gives a shit? Well, that's what, like, my students, they'll they'll complain they have to, like, sweep the hallway or something. At the end of the day, we give them jobs, and I'm like, yeah, the kids in Turkey real, really feel bad for you. Their school's on top of them. Do you know, you know in Japan? Like, come on. Yeah. Do you know in Japan, like, that is actually part of the curriculum? Like, the kids will clean their own school? Oh, yeah, we, we do it's it. just respect. That's, that's what we do. Um, uh, you know, it's a small, private Montessori school, but mm-hmm. we, like... Every kid has a job at the end of the day. Every day switches every week, and it could be vacuuming a rug. It could be feeding the fish tank. It could be whatever. That's great. And they, Taking ownership. They have to take, they, and, and we do that from three-year-olds all the way up because they have to, you know, you have to have some type of responsibility and pride in where you go and what you do. And, I mean, that, we could spend another hour talking about how messed up this world is. 
right now. And yeah, but I'll, first, can you, you tell know, my kid to go make his bed? Well, I, I, I swear it started with everyone gets a trophy. As soon yes. As it, and I, I actually wrote a book. Everyone, Not every kid should get a trophy, the age of entitlement. Because mm-hmm. once we started giving kids trophies, they didn't have to work anymore. Yeah. You know, now you got all kinds of stupid stuff happening where, you know, God forbid we tell the smart kids they're smart because we might f- make the other kids feel bad. And yeah. it's like, well, maybe the other kids could study more. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe, I don't know, or help them find what they're good at. You know, I'd lean more into that one. Like, you know, uh, my my wife and I we both went to the same high school. She was looking at Ivy League schools. She graduated, I think, the top like 10 in our class of 350 plus. I was close behind by, you know, there's like 240 people between me and her. <laughs> <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was close. The gap was narrow. <laughs> Very competitive. <laughs> But I never thought of myself as someone who's going to get that scholarship or whatever. But it wasn't until later when I started realizing, you know, I'm, I'm more creative. You know, a, a, a high school teacher, English teacher, tapped me, you yeah. know, pulled me after class and said, you know, you're very creative. Your, your writing style is uniquely different than others. And uh, that was the thing that I needed to feel like, what am I doing here? Because I yeah. hate that class. I hate trigon functions. I don't know why I'm taking it. I'm never going to apply right. it to anything in my freaking life, but I'm taking it, and yeah. uh, it's just pulling down my GPA, and it doesn't make me feel good. But then I have an English teacher who's like, you know what? Lean into this. And well, so- that's, I mean, that's part of why the whole education system is broken in this country. We teach the kids that, you know, are going to college. Mm-hmm. Well, not everyone's going to college. Not everyone has to go to college. Yeah. And like I tell my students, is well, I think there's eight now forms of intelligence. Yeah. You know, and some people you're are, talking about are, gardeners, uh, multiple intelligences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and it's like, why not find what you're good at? Just because yeah. you can't sing doesn't mean that you're stupid. Just because you can't do math doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means that's not your thing. Yep. Find what is your thing. So that's the pillar of Montessori. It, right? Yeah, it's it's more student driven. Um, Finding your their innate desire to learn and ha- and, and the way in which you learn multiple modalities. Yeah, like mm-hmm. some kids are tactile, some kids are auditory, some kids are visual. Like yep, and you know, and you have to give them the ability to figure out what works. Mm-hmm. And it's also okay to fail. Yeah. You know, in failure, we learn. In, you know, and, and that's part of, I think, the problem with this whole world. No <laughs> this, one wants yeah. anyone to feel discomfort. I joke around that this podcast is nothing but an experiment full of failures. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like I didn't know how to do a podcast beforehand, but here we are almost three years into it, 134 episodes. We've stumbled. I would, I don't recommend anyone who's listening to go listen to episode six <laughs> or 24, <laughs> you know, just gloss over those. You know, the last 10, I always tell people, Hey, you want to check it out? Any, any of the last 10. Yeah. yeah. Should be, that's a good representation of where we are now. Right. Right. You know, but anyway, uh, I feel like, like you said, we could talk about this stuff some other time and we should, we, no, we no, should get into that some other time. It. We should do a part two. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> like, uh, shake on it. We're going to yeah, do a part two. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to do that. Uh, so let's wrap it up. I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Is there anything, uh, any dates that you have coming up? Any shows? Uh, you got to, do you want to plug a book, a movie, a TV show? Um, do you have a clothing line? Do you have? Not yet. I'm coming out with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually thinking of selling t-shirts at shows. Nice. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I wrote a movie called Penalty Box mm-hmm. about my years in East Coast League. Okay. Um, and so we're still looking for someone to either buy that or make it. 
Yep. Uh, so if anyone has a couple million sitting around that they want to throw at a hockey movie, by all means. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I um, uh, I got shows coming up, a bunch of shows in March. You can go to my website, markreillycomedy.com. Good. Uh, if you forget that, you can go to thatcomedianwasfunny.com. Comes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I got a bunch of shows coming up March and April uh, all over the place. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, if you see me in a hockey rink, you can yell I suck. That's okay. I'm used to that. Just don't do it when I'm on stage. Exactly. Actually, I had someone yell, "You're a better, you're a better comedian than a ref." Oh, that's good. And that's I was like, a... I agree. Yeah. Touche. That's a good one. All right. Yeah. So, uh, and and I, I, this was awesome. I definitely do this again. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, I I appreciate you coming out, and uh, I hope that you felt welcomed, and and uh, that this was a professional performance. Oh, no uh, question. Not a waste of time, right? Like, not um, at all. Good. Good. Not at all. We're trying to up our game. You know, Liz and I, who, who you, we won't do it unless Liz is here. You're gonna yeah, love yeah, it, right? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, we're we're trying to um, take this thing to the next level, whatever that is. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, all right, love okay, it. Okay, so Scuttlebuds, uh, that was Mark Riley, great guy. Apparently, he's a neighbor. You listen. <laughs> it's so funny how you know, you look in your neighborhood and and you got a a, a prominent stand up comic from Boston living down the road. Uh, Give us a shout out on social media or uh, respond to our or, uh, our grievance line on smalltownscuttlebutt.com. If there's something that's bugging you in your small town and you want us to help uh, commiserate with you or, or find a solution, uh, we can read those on the air. And um, we're on the social media. I, don't go to Twitter. I've given up on Twitter. Twitter's stupid. Twitter's evil. Fucking waste of my time. <laughs> Um, you're not relevant on Twitter unless you're on it like all day long, and I don't have time for that. So we're cutting our Twitter account, but check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we're putting content there. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Mark, and everyone for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Delivering a weekly podcast takes time and money. We make the time, and we need to make the money too. That's where our sponsors come in. If you like the show, please lend your support to the businesses that support us. Park Street Books, Perez Martial Arts, APC Pest and Termite Control, Mario's Lawn Care, Royal Pizza, Smear Campaign, Larkin's Wine and Spirits, and Mike Page Studios.